Hey everybody and welcome back to the Call for Freedom podcast and um, I know last week I said I was going to bust out like at least three of these episodes but that didn't happen because shortly thereafter I came down with some heavy uh, head congestion, Um, wouldn't have been good, I would have been coughing all the way through the episode So I'm feeling a little bit better, so we're going to try and start this week off strong, and we're going into Job chapter 8, and if you remember from a week ago, we did Job chapter 7, and that was how Job was feeling hopeless, Um, he was also feeling, I guess in modern terms, if we were sitting next to him, we probably would have said, Stop feeling sorry for yourself type of thing. So in Job chapter 8, Bildad kind of responds to his hopelessness. And pretty much sounds like the way we would today, where it would just be like, hey man, stop feeling sorry for yourself, you know. But um, let's get into it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's, Let's get right into the word. Bildad speaks. Job should repent. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, How long will you say these things, and the words of your mouth be a great wind? Does God pervert justice, or does the Almighty pervert the right? If your children have sinned against him, he has delivered them into the hand of their transgression. If you will seek God and plead with the Almighty for mercy, if you are pure and upright, surely then he will rouse himself for you and restore your rightful habitation. And though your beginning was small, your latter days will be great. For inquire, please, of bygone ages, And consider what the fathers have searched out. For we are but of yesterday and know nothing. For our days on earth are a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and utter words out of their understanding? Can papyrus grow where there is no marsh? Can reeds flourish where there is no water? while yet in flower and not cut down. They wither before any other plant. Such are the paths of all who forget God. The hope of the godless shall perish. His confidence is severed and his trust is a spider web. He leans against his house, but it does not stand. He lays hold of it, but it does not endure. He is a lush plant before the sun, and his shoots spread over his garden. His roots entwine the stone heap. He looks upon a house of stones. 
If he is destroyed from his place, then it will deny him, saying, I have never seen you. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the soil others will spring. Behold, God will not reject a blameless man, nor take the hand of evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no more. Now, as we read this, it in a way sounds pretty positive. But at the same time, Bildad was accusing Job. And filling him with false promises that, you know, if, if you're in a mode of depression and people try to motivate you, you you're, in your head, you think these are just false promises. None of this is going to come true. And, and you just fall deeper into a depression. Um, let's go back to the beginning where it says, Then Bildad answered and said, How long will you speak these things? And the words of your mouth be like the strong wind. Does God subvert judgment? Or does the Almighty pervert justice? Job's second accuser, Bildad, also tried to convince Job that his suffering was the result of sin in his life. He called Job a windbag, saying he was full of hot air and was accusing God of not judging him rightly. Bildad's advice was short and dry. Repent and everything will be fine. People still use these arguments today as they try to be helpful, but their counsel and comfort just ends up bringing confusion and condemnation to their victims. Of course, Job believed God was just. He wasn't struggling with whether or not God could help him, but whether or not God wanted to help him. All believers at one time or another have had these very same thoughts and questions. Does God really want to rescue us? Does he truly have our best interest in mind? Satan, the accuser, has been planting these doubts about God's character and goodness since the Garden of Eden. Even the apostles struggled with this very, this very thing while they were crossing a strong sea. Jesus was sleeping in the stern of their boat. And when the disciples woke him, they said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus knew the disciples' faith was small, and he cared enough about them to not let it stay small. So he calmed the storm and pointed out that they weren't walking in faith. The problem for us as earthbound travelers is that we often can't see beyond the immediate pain and crisis at hand. 
But God has stated over and over again in the Bible that he is concerned with our welfare, that he is actively pursuing a relationship with us. In order for our faith to grow, we have to be in circumstances where we are pressed and can't see any way out. I know I personally been there. And I know you, those who are listening, have been there once or twice. I'm, I feel like I'm honestly in that kind of situation right now, to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm currently away from my home. Things are going on at home. Financial problems. Medical problems. I don't really see a way out of this. But... Only then, when we can't see any way out, only then do we reach a point where we are forced to rely more and more on Him. Then, as He sustains and delivers us, we see how great and trustworthy He is, and our faith expands. There was a missionary, Hudson Taylor, learned to completely trust in God's faithfulness. And he wrote in his journal, Our Heavenly Father is a very experienced one. He knows very well that his children wake up with a good appetite every morning. He sustained three million Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. We do not expect he will send three million missionaries to China. But if he did, he would have ample means to sustain them all. Depend on it. God's work, done in God's way, will never lack God's supply. Man, that's, that's strong. That's strong. That was written by missionary Hudson Taylor. Lord, we choose to trust you today and help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen.